Welcome to Spirit School. My name is Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. I am the host of your Spirit School, where I will share all the lessons and learnings that I have uncovered through my intuitive development and mediumship development journey. I am a professional psychic and medium, an intuitive teacher and mentor, and I look forward to walking alongside you on this journey. Hello everyone and welcome back to Spirit School. I'm so appreciative of you tuning in again. Um, The podcast has just been so well received lately. I have been so excited. Um, Yeah, what can I say? I've had a few reviews left, so thank you guys. I know it only takes a second, but a lot of people, you know, we're busy life. We're busy people now. But if you could take a second to leave a positive review, a five-star rating, it really helps other people find this podcast. And so I am very excited today to talk about my own process of preparing and I guess, decompressing to connect mediumistically with the world of spirit. It does look a little bit differently for me when I am connecting mediumistically versus mentoring and teaching, which most of my business is mentoring and teaching. But I thought it would be very, you know, interesting to kind of talk about my own process. And this is coming up because it's probably one of the most common comments slash questions I've received in the past few weeks. So I just like, okay, people want to know about this stuff. I personally would think maybe it would be boring, but apparently not. Now, it's funny because I have a very set way of preparing now, which I will get into. But I will be honest with you that I know that there's people who are listening at all different levels of their development, um, whether you're mediumistically developing, um, intuitive coaching, aura readings, angel connections, guide connections, tarot, psychic work, soul work, Reiki. Like I know that there's light workers of all modalities that are listening. So hopefully you'll find this of interest as well. I will definitely be speaking from more of a mediumistic lens because that's my passion and that's my life's work. So I just trust that this will be um, you know, applicable to other modalities as well. Uh, when I have looked at the history of my practice, you know, kind of going back, developing almost seven years now, it looked very different seven years ago, five years ago, three years ago, even last year to what I do now. So I kind of wanted to take you through a little bit of the evolution because depending on where you are developmentally, you may find resonance in different ways I have prepared over the years. Though I will be very honest with you. You know, I'm always very honest with you guys. I never sugarcoat anything. I'm willing to be seen very vulnerably. I will tell you, and I've said it before, that I did serve from a place of fear up until late last year. I transcended my fear last year. And now I'm working on transcending my ego in this work, which is coming along very nicely. It's very well intended, um, which I'll do a whole different podcast episode on. But transcending the ego really kind of looks like not caring as much about my sitter's experience and sticking more with spirit, staying pure in my connection with spirit without the need to look amazing or be the best. That's the next thing that I'm working on in my own personal development. But when I look back at the evolution of how I have prepared to connect on the world of spirit on behalf of the world of spirit, the first few years were definitely preparing from a place of fear. So what that kind of looked like was I felt really early on that if I was not meditating every day or if I was not intentionally connecting with the world of spirit every single day, I would in essence be punished. So spirit wouldn't connect with me. They wouldn't 
you know, they'd be like, oh, she's not taking this seriously. She's not meditating every day and she's still drinking wine and she still eats a ton of meat. So she's just not ready. That's literally my mindset. I literally thought, you know, the law of karma, total tit for tat, which is not how I believe karma to be now, um, that my spiritual, you know, philosophies have evolved. But I truly prepared with the need to please spirit and have spirit see that I am seriously and devoted about this. Um, so what did that look like applicably? I wouldn't drink wine for a week before a reading. And you have to remember back then my power was not quite developed or built yet. So my I could only sustain a link for 10-15 minutes. I could only do one or two readings every couple weeks. So I wasn't working a whole lot. So in the early days, I would literally not drink for a week. I would meditate every single day without fail, again from a place of fear or fear of being punished or, you know, abandoned by spirit. And it was very exhausting for me. The day of the reading, I could hardly talk. I kept having to lay down. I remember having to spend a ton of time alone. I remember pleading with spirit. Um, my prayers very much were not affirmative like I do now. I do affirmative prayer, which I'll explain later on as I talk about my current day process. But it, the prayers were very much, please don't let me fail. Please come through. Please bring the person who I can connect most easily with through um, because I don't want to fall flat on my face. And back then, you know, it made sense because you're so concerned with really proving to yourself that you have this connection, but you also sadly early on really need validation from other people that what you're saying makes sense and that they are, you know, picking up what you're putting down. So we do give a big chunk of our power away in this work, especially in those early years when we're looking to be validated. And so a lot of my early prayers and early prep work was really around the need of being validated by the world of spirit that I was worthy to do this work and that I was chosen because you have to remember that you know I I was really trained by spiritualists and I used to listen to Gordon Higginson lectures and I still do I still love his lectures but in all his lectures he would say I can't help it if you're not a medium either you're born a medium or you're not and there was still an aspect of my belief system that really believe that because I'm talking about somebody who is pretty much the grandfather of spiritualism and you know I was like maybe I'm not born a medium and so there was this desire to be validated and my prep really spoke to that need of being validated in that way. And of course now I, I do feel that the evolution of mediumship and the evolution of this art is very commonly accepted that we all have mediumistic abilities. We all have the abilities to connect with the world of spirit. You are not born a medium. You actually are born a medium. Everyone is. God, she would not pick and choose who could connect with departed loved ones and the spirit world. We all have that ability. And I think that's more common now. And I think that's just been the evolution of mediumship. So those were really early days preparing. I would do chakra cleanses. I would do crystal healing. I would meditate. I would not drink. I would not eat meat. I would completely come at it from this place of fear and desperation. That's how it felt to me. So if you are in this space, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, that is me. I am literally coming at this from a place of fear. I will tell you that there will be great benefit in transcending that in really coming at it from a place of love and service, right? So as we kind of move along, I have two kids instead of one now. I have a little bit more experience. I'm ready to start putting myself out there professionally. So I'm fast forwarding a couple years. I actually held those beliefs in that practice for quite some time. 
and then it started to ease up just slightly part of it was because I was a lot busier because I had two little ones at home but my practice ended up very much looking like really connecting with the trust and the faith in my relationship with my guides and my angels. You know, I had been probably about a year or two into my angel studies with Kyle Gray at this time. I had learned the process of affirmative prayer, which is basically praying to spirit for what is about to happen, right? This could be considered manifestation or this could, could just be choosing your own reality. So instead of saying, please spirit, please connect with me. It's like, thank you spirit for connecting with me today and allowing me to be of service. My mindset, my vocabulary, my energy completely shifted when I transcended that and really dipped into this affirmative prayer and this belief system that I am worthy of doing this work. So when that happened, my prayers shifted, but I also started co- working with my spirit team I started relying on them a lot more um, which now I kind of see again was from a place of fear it was again kind of giving my power away not really recognizing my own wisdom and my own spirit and my own connection but feeling the need that I would talk to Skylar, I would talk to my main guide, I would talk to my angels who I was, you know, attuning to and, and getting to know a lot better. And I would start bringing in angels and guides that were like pros in mediumship when they were here. I've even tried bringing through Gordon Higginson himself. I loved his style of mediumship. I loved his charisma. I loved his platform work. Everything about him I just thought was so phenomenal. If you don't know who I'm talking about, just YouTube him. His lectures are up on YouTube. Um, they're from like the 70s and 80s, but he was just a phenomenal force. I, I loved his energy. And so I would pretty much consider my spiritual connection and my prep work praying to my spirit team. I would, of course, still do a little bit of chakra work, not so much meditating at this time. I still don't very much meditate today, to be honest with you. I do more visualizations, activations, a little bit more active um, because I'm very much in my feminine and feminine is active. It's it's flowing. It's, it's ongoing. And so because the work that I do with the world of spirit is very feminine based, I tune into that feminine energy of flow, movement activation and so I guess if I were to look back then I would probably prepare about a couple hours in advance probably about three four hours I would do like the visualization the prayer work and then over the next few hours I was hardly living life I planned my whole day where I would do one or two readings um, in a day I was on maternity leave at this time, so I had a wonderful friend watch my son, and my girl was in preschool while I was able to serve a lot more. But I wasn't really living a good life because I was pretty much planning my entire day around my readings. So I was like, okay, I can't get tired. I'm not going to talk to anyone. I'm going to eat very specifically. I've done my prayer and meditation. And then the fear would start coming up a couple hours ahead. And I would get that barfy feeling that I've discussed a lot on this podcast, which I know now is my nervous system preparing to connect with the world of spirit, especially because I work very clairsentiently in my, in my practice. But I was hardly living life. And then I would go through my readings and they would always turn out to be fine. Always. And I would decompress by eating, by eating fast food because I was so restrictive of my food leading up to my readings that I would be just literally starving to death after. And I would end up choosing what I thought were grounding foods, very dense foods, which would end up putting me in crash mode. I would end up feeling so exhausted, so drained because I would be eating 
Tim Hortons was my go-to. I would get their grilled, not grilled, it was actually crispy chicken wrap and spuds and a tea. And I would just like down food and I'd be so happy because my readings would have gone well. There was nothing to worry about. And that was my cycle. I'd go pick up my son and like go start life over again. And so it was okay. I got by with that. I got by with that. But it wasn't living an amazing life. And it was still coming at it from a place of fear. I was still actually praying at that time that the spirit who I could connect with the most and the easiest would come through first. Like how selfish is that kind of looking back where, you know, now I pray for the spirit who the person most hopes to hear from first coming through um, because I've transcended my fear, like I say. But before, my ego was so tied into this work where you really want to be good. And I'll tell you that there was two experiences that really shifted for me. There's a really good episode on Lindsay Marino's podcast. I can't remember what it's called. I haven't listened to it in a little while. But Lindsay Marino, she was a mentor of mine for about half a year. And she's lovely. She's so sweet. And her podcast, um, she did an episode with Mavis Patilla, who will be on Spirit School this fall where they talked about the hangups of mediumship. And I thought it was a brilliant episode. I wish I heard it years ago when I literally had all these hangups in my practice. But, um, you know, it, I had all these hangups. It was, it was very draining. It was very, very exhausting. And so when I look back at those years, um, there were two experiences that I had which really let me see that even when I didn't prepare I didn't have this rigid practice around preparing for my sessions that it still worked <laughs> like it literally still worked the first time was when I was actually pregnant with my son and I think I was about six months pregnant and with my son this was actually no I was about four or five months pregnant because before I was hospitalized but um you know I was sick all the time. My morning sickness was like out of control. I couldn't even swallow a pill, so I couldn't take gravel. I had to take like those gravel um, candies. Like I had to suck on gravel, um, anti-nausea. They're like Vicks or I don't know, Halls or something like that, but they're gravel. And I was like living off those. And previous to me getting pregnant, I had committed to do this psychic fair. And I used to love doing psychic fairs because they were just so good for my energy development and my power development. But... I had committed to this a long time ago and I was fully booked. I had nine bookings that day. It was a whole day psychic fair and I could not stop throwing up and it was a two hour, about an hour and a half drive to get to the studio where I was doing it. I had ginger ale and saltine crackers with me. I had to pull over at least three times on the way there to throw up. I was so sick, but the teacher at the time I was studying under would not let me not come. Like I could not not come. There was like no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I was like, okay, I'm coming and there was no preparing right like I was pretty much praying to the world of spirit that I would not throw up all over my clients and it was a very tight studio space and there was like I don't know probably 10 of us readers we were maybe a foot and a half away from the next heat table of the next reader so I was very uh fearful of basically getting sick all over my clients and all over all the other people in the studio space so I couldn't prepare and I tell you something happened where I literally walked over the threshold of that 
um, studio space and I did my nine readings back to back and I did not feel sick at all. I felt like my most energetic, my most high vibe, my most aligned self and I was able to connect all day long. I had one very difficult client that I remember um, which again was one of these lessons that I had to, it took me years to learn the lesson of telling somebody that I didn't want to work with them and give them their money back. Um, that was the first time I actually experienced that but I was shocked as hell that this worked. I didn't even need my saltine crackers. I didn't need my ginger ale to be able to hold down the nauseous feeling. It just worked. It was like the energy was just ripe. And now I know that it's because I always come in with a service heart. I always have service at the forefront of all my work. So when you're in service, spirit will move mountains to make sure that you have everything you need to be successful in this work. And that was my first instance of that. And sure enough, the second I stepped over the threshold to come back home, I was sick again, throwing up the whole way. And it was like that for my whole pregnancy, pretty much. The second time that this experience happened for me was actually in 2017 when I literally hung my shingle. I had a very difficult pregnancy with my son, a very beautiful birth. I had a great first few months with him. I mean, parenting the second time is so much easier than the first time, and I was just so much more chill and relaxed. And so three months after he was born, because I'd had an experience where I literally thought I was going to die during his pregnancy, um, which was when I was in ICU and they didn't know what was wrong with me and I was very, very terribly ill. Uh, life affirmation happened for me after that. I was like, okay, life can be stripped away so quickly that I'm not holding back anymore. So I had been in the closet for many years, just doing readings. If you'd heard about me, I didn't advertise. I didn't have a website. I didn't have social media. It was like basically kitchen witch styles. Like you would have had or heard of me um, from somebody who would have had a practice reading with me to get a reading by me. So I kind of came out of my closet January of 2017. I bought my URL, I launched my website, I posted on this local mom's group, I'm doing readings, which was crickets, like there wasn't even like a like or interest, it was like pretty humiliating actually, <laughs> but I'm glad it happened like that, just get it off like a band-aid, like okay, I have been hiding in the closet for years, fear of judgment, and when I finally came out busting out of the closet, no one cared, <laughs> it was a big ego check for me and it was very valuable lesson for me and I've carried that with me a long time so I teamed up with a local studio it was an uh was acupuncture studio who had a beautiful space and she rented it to me for 20 bucks an hour so I was like okay my my shingle is a hung and I put it out to the clients who had worked with me and I ended up booking out that whole day I was just doing 20 minute mini readings for like 20 dollars and I think I booked like six readings was my max and so I booked it out and I prepared how I had always prepared from a place of fear but this time on my way out my husband and I got into a big fight. We got into a huge argument that actually left me in tears and I was so upset because I was I kind of, he wasn't making me feel like this. He's a good guy. He's an amazing guy. I couldn't have aligned myself with a better partner in this life but I came from a place of guilt that I felt selfish leaving my children who were very young. They were like three months old and two years old um, to go do this spiritual work and like leaving my husband kind of in the dust, <laughs> taking care of everybody while I went and pursued my dreams. I felt selfish. So I was very triggered in this moment. I was very upset. I was on my way to the studio to open up. I had my first client in less than half an hour and I remember calling my mentor at the time saying, can you do readings sad? 
And she said, yes. I promise you, spirit will show up every single time. I didn't think that was possible. I mean, I had to wipe away my mascara. I had to like try to shift my mindset. There was no meditating. There was no time. There was no time to do anything. I literally showed up and my first client was there. And I was shocked that all six readings went very well. All six readings went very well. This was the beginning of my career just kind of like blowing up and I was booked really quickly after that and my prices were able to go up and I was able to serve a lot more people. But this was the second time that I realized like, wow, you know, I actually don't need to do three hours of prep to be able to connect with the world spirit. They literally show up every single time. So over the course of the next, you know, two years, I would say my prep work started to look a little bit differently. I would definitely lean more into that meditative state. I would, you know, do cleansing my chakras, like visioning flowers on each chakra. I would say a prayer to spirit, mostly Skylar, mostly my angels and guides, just like thanking them for, you know, helping me connect this day. Again, still trying to connect with the person who I can most easily connect with because I was still scared of sucking. (laughs) And it was very exhausting. And I, again, would ground with food after my readings. I would always lean towards food and alcohol, which is very common with mediumship. It is incredibly common with mediumship that mediums smoke or drink or are unhealthy with food because we need to feel grounded after we communicate with spirit for so long. And it took me a long time to realize that it's better to just like eat slowly throughout the day and ground with food that grows from the ground like an apple or a root vegetable or something like that it took me a long time to figure that out and and fast food like not having fast food that rich dense foods so I'm going to fast forward to today what it looks like for me because I feel like I have found I have transcended the fear around mediumship I have transcended the fear around sucking and you know if I suck I suck and really even sucking is subjective what I think sucks somebody else might think is amazing and I've actually been shown that quite a few times where I've had readings that I didn't feel met my expectations or oh and I actually one time gave somebody a refund because I was like you know I just I just don't think that was my best work and they gave me my money back they're like what are you talking about it was great I really enjoyed our time together it was a huge check for me that you know as mediums we get really in our heads we get really down about ourselves you know I saw this talk that Mavis Batilla did many years ago where it was like is the medium ever satisfied and I watched this 90 minute lecture with her online and in the end no the medium is never satisfied that was a huge permission slip for me to feel all the feels but do the thing anyways and just kind of like let go of that need to be perfect and let go of that need to be the medium who I think I could be because I am the best medium I am right now I kept looking into the future I kept thinking about the past and it was really around focusing on the present like Danielle you are really good right now you're good enough that you have all these people wanting to work with you like just feel confident in that and I kept having to remind myself what I was good at right like yeah you're not the medium who gets the names you're not the medium who you know nails the the way that they look but you're the medium that nails the personality and the relationships and you know the regrets and the apologies and the messages and so it was really around focusing on what I was good at and what my clients always time and time again told me how I made them feel that helped me transcend that fear around sucking and that fear around getting things wrong and and being a good medium 
right? So I don't think spirit would bring me all these clients to work with if they felt like I was doing them a disservice or I was not honoring their abilities or gifts. So it took me in, in, in perspective, almost six years to get to that place. So those people who are out there, you know, if you're, if you're thinking about who I was in 2017 and you're there now, do you know that it gets better, but you have to do that work. Okay. So what does it look like for me right now? So what it looks for me right now is of course I'm full time in my practice now. And I mean, forget COVID. Okay. Like COVID really taught me because I had my kids here 24 seven who are now three and six, you know, my mom luckily would come help me take care of my babies while I was able to do my client work while I stepped into this work full time. Cause obviously COVID happened three weeks after I took the leap to do this full time. I didn't have all day to meander. I didn't have all day to sit in silence or just be with myself and chat with spirit. I literally probably had 15 minutes to do what I needed to do to get into that space to connect with the world of spirit. So here are the things I really learned through COVID that helped me transform my current day prep and wind down, which suits my life perfectly. And I literally will do my thing all day. I will hang out with the kids if they're here. I will make sure that we go for a walk or we go for a bike ride if they're so inclined. I'll answer emails. I may post a few things. I'm literally just living my life. And if you go back to what I was talking about in 2017, I was so overwhelmed, overconsumed with my prep and, and staying in that place for spirit. I wasn't living my life. <laughs> literally, I wouldn't even leave my house. Now I'll go for a walk. I, I might go paddle boarding. I went paddle boarding the other day. I'll go grocery shopping. Like I'll literally live my life. And then about 15 minutes before my session, because I have created my life to be one of prayer, I am in constant communication with spirit. I'm in constant, you know, devotion to them. I don't need to do a whole lot to prepare to connect. So what I do do about 15 minutes before is I'll just go through a very active visualization where again, I'll cleanse my chakra, my energy centers, and I'll literally dance through rainbow. I will like have that red and that root, and then I'll dance through the orange, then the yellow, and then the green and the blue and the purple and the white. And it's a very quick and activated um, visualization which not only cleanses my chakras but it also helps me get my clairvoyance activated I'm visualizing this and it's activating my clairsentience because I'm feeling what this red feels like I'm feeling what this green feels like it activates my claircognizance because I just know that it's doing what I need to do to be able to connect with the world of spirit and if you want to go an extra mile, you can actually like listen for the colors or add some wind or add the sound of birds to your visualization and really activate that clear audience. So it's a real quick three, four minute visualization. I say very quick prayer, which is service based. It's service based now. I just simply say to the world of spirit, thank you for allowing me to be of service today. I trust that the people you've aligned me with are people I can deeply help and resonate with. And I just ask that the spirits that they wish to hear from the most come through forward and my name is Danielle it is incredibly nice to meet you today and I look forward to working with your loved one and I say that affirmative prayer and I just end it with asking spirit and telling and declaring to the world of spirit now let's have some fun and I always save that for last let's have some fun today because I was so serious and rigid in my practice for so many years it robbed me of so many fun opportunities and lighthearted moments and then 
I have about 10 minutes before my sessions, I'll put on my favorite music and I'll either dance or I'll sing or I'll just like, you know, touch up my makeup or change my top. But I'm doing something very active, but I'm doing it to something that gets me into that vibration of joy, love, abundance, spirit. And I do it through music. I love the Greatest Showman soundtrack. That's kind of my jam right now. I've listened, I watched that movie last year and it changed my life. And so I'll put on that soundtrack and I'll literally move my body again mediumship connecting with the world of spirit is very feminine movement is feminine meditation I tell people it's very masculine it's still it's stillness and stillness is masculinity and so I save my meditation for after my readings that's when I want to calm my nervous system I want my nervous system to be activated before I connect so I do that through movement expressing my voice and this quick little active visualization and I light a candle and I always smudge my space because um, I just feel like I'm honoring my ancestors and my lineage when I do things like this and I'm calling them forward as well and that's it and then I connect mediumistically and oftentimes because I'm a teacher in this and I've declared myself to be a teacher of mediumship and spirit will always move mountains to make sure my declarations are met and so uh, most of my clients actually want soul stuff, right? Like they want more information about them because they're kind of sussing me out to be a teacher for them. So, you know, I, I love my sessions. I love my readings. I have infused so much more joy and just high vibration in my life from kind of transcending the fear around my practice and my prep work into just joy, fun, love, abundant spirit. And to unwind honestly I just smudge myself I put a big smile on my face I look upwards to the world of spirit which to me is kind of on this angle of kind of like being up but forward and I simply say thank you spirit for allowing me to be of service for you today I trust I made the world of spirit proud now I leave with you any lingering energies any lingering doubts or thoughts on the good work I did today and I leave it with you and I move on with my day as a mom as a wife as a spirit having this human experience and I leave it all with them I don't ruminate over my readings I don't think about them I don't I don't like over obsess with the things that I didn't get or the things I didn't said that they said after I let that all go and I do that through prayer and I do that through handing it over to the world of spirit because they don't want me to suffer doing this work they want me to live my most joyous life so that I'm able to be of true service to them so I leave it with them and I go on about my day so I hope that this is helpful for you I hope that this is inspiring for you and I want you to look at where you are at in your practice and what's holding you back from true joy doing this work and work through it don't bypass it don't sweep it under the rug you need to look at why you are obsessive about your prep work or you know decompressing work and you need to heal what's keeping you in that scared state before you can truly transcend into a place of doing this truly from a place of fun and joy and yeah anyways I hope you guys enjoyed this episode it's been a while since I posted a um, solo episode and the only thing I have going on right now I'm still waitlisted for readings and one-on-one mentorship but my initiation circle is open until August 31st um, and then I'm closing the doors this is a space for light workers who just want to get clear confident and connected in their abilities we do weekly practice sessions weekly spirit circles where we sit in the power three times a month coaching calls 
calls, two with me, one with a guest mentor I have come on in August. It's actually today in 20 minutes. Um, so you guys will miss it by the time I post this next week. But, you know, it was um, Soul Star Medium for this month. Next month is Orth Oracle. I have some amazing people lined up, pet communicators, animal communicators, human design experts coming on to be guest teachers and guest speakers. Um, there's opportunities to practice demonstrations and group readings. And there's actually going to be an opportunity to get one-on-one -on -one mentoring with me. Um, you know, you'll be able to book a 30-minute mentoring time slot, which is pretty beneficial since I'm not doing one-off um, mentorship anymore. It's always packages now. So it's going to be opportunity to work with me in a mentorship one-on-one -on -one, as well as group. And the other thing that I'm adding September 1st is a Mediumship Foundations course on Spirit School. My online Spirit School, which is myspiritschool.com. It's going to be over 30 videos um, to help you get the foundations of mediumship um, so that you're able to, yeah, just kind of see how I do what I do. And that's going to be exclusive for the circle members. So that's $97 a month Canadian, which is about $70 a month American. There's no commitment. It's month to month. But if you do want to commit for a year, you save 22%. Um, just go to my Instagram at Squamish Medium, hit the link in my bio. It's there or DM me or email me if you have any questions. But there's still, uh, by the time you get this, about one more week to sign up. And I really hope to see you in there. There's 43 women in there so far. And the feedback has just been phenomenal. The women have felt so connected to one another. They have felt so inspired and just so purposeful. And some of them are already starting to get paid readings, people finding them, asking them for readings, and they've just launched their Instagrams or they just set up their, you know, systems. We talk a lot about spiritual entrepreneurship in the circle as well. So if you're interested, DM me, send me an email. There's a very little time left to join and I hope to see you there. Thanks, guys.